You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. We're talking about common signs of codependency within a family system. I've got Recovered Life contributor Holly Maddox on the line to discuss. How you doing today, Holly? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Talking about codependency and family. Wow. What a loaded topic, right? Because codependency in a family system, a lot of people suffer from that. I know a lot of people, Holly, are going to ask right off the bat, what are some of the common signs that you might see if you've got codependency in the family system? Um, You know, that's a really great question. So many people live um, with, you know, in family units with codependency. And I think sometimes they, they don't see it. And a lot of many people, I think a sign of codependency would be, you know, thinking and feeling that they're responsible for somebody else's uh, actions, choices, wants, needs, et cetera. Yeah, I think so many people are confused about that in the family system. You know, Holly, they might see this in a romantic relationship, like, hey, I'm not responsible for that, or why am I always stepping in, right? But when it comes to their children or siblings or another family member, it's a little bit more blurry. Yes, very, yeah. Um, and, And you lose yourself when you're always putting the other person's needs and wants first, you lose who you are. And, you know, sometimes people tend to shy away from what their passions were before they maybe got into this romantic relationship or had a child who is now has is suffering from a drug addiction and and their sole focus is their child and and saving their child quote unquote um and all of their focus goes to them and then they forget hey i used to be able to do these things or i used to love doing this but all my focus is on my child Uh, You know what it, you know, it's, this all has to do with boundaries, obviously, right? Like Mm -hmm. setting clear boundaries, this feeling of being responsible and having some sort of control over what somebody else does in your family. We Mm -hmm. know obviously in recovery that this is an illusion, right? Holly, like you don't really have control over other people. And especially if a loved one is suffering from an active addiction, you know, Let's talk about boundaries a little bit. These blurred lines. How do you start to reel back and come back from this if you've recognized that, hey, man, you know what? My boundaries aren't the best. All the lines are blurred. How do you start that process to start setting healthier boundaries? Well, first, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a lot of practice. And sometimes you have to set that boundary and you have to remind yourself and your loved one that the boundary has been set over and over again until, because everyone tests limits. Um, but, you know, if a, if a parent wants to set those healthy boundaries, let's say, for example, their child has chosen to go to rehab and maybe meeting with them in rehab. When you return home, this is what's going to happen, or this is what's not, I'm not going to tolerate anymore versus, you know, for example, you know, allowing any alcohol to be in the home or, you know, whatever it may be that, that, and then not allowing that boundary to be crossed, but sometimes it does. And then you have to go and revisit it. I think open communication, um, having those 
boundaries communicated, not assumed. I think a lot of people were like, well, then they should know they shouldn't bring alcohol into the house, but they're going to test those limits. And it needs to be, you know, said, I, you know, I love you. I want you to live here, but I don't want, or I will allow alcohol to be in my house anymore. Or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Setting setting those clear boundaries obviously is the key. You know, it's interesting. Somebody told me the other day, Holly, that that what they found odd about recovery is that alcoholics seem to, you know, really seek out codependents, and codependents seem yep. to, mm-hmm. you know, magnetically attract mm-hmm. people that are in active addiction. Um, and this obviously has to do with the family system that you were raised in, probably as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh huh. I mean, if your needs weren't being met or you saw that uh, a family member was sick, whether it would be from an illness or a drug and alcohol addiction or an absent mother or father, you know, everyone has those roles that we fall into. And, and sometimes, you know, having to pick up the slack or making sure you didn't want to upset that, you know, say, you're, for example, your, your husband, your father was an alcoholic. And everyone walked on eggshells every time he walked in the door because we didn't want to upset him. And we didn't want to create, you know, chaos because then the mother would say, well, then he would drink. And that's the reason why he's going to drink is because we are being loud. And so then they choose, they learn to become invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So deal breaking the cycle let's talk about breaking the cycle, Holly, because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I think people underestimate codependency that it's not a deadly and terrible thing, right? It's just as bad in my opinion, as somebody who's actively using, it might not kill you as quick, correct? but it will degrade your life in a way in which you really have no value left in your life, right? It will really zap you into nothingness. How do you start to take this back? How do you start to take care of yourself and start doing the things that you need if you've identified that you're in a codependent relationship? Um, I think support groups and talking to other people, even get, finding a therapist, as Al-Anon is fantastic for, you know, for a lot of codependents. They break down, Al-Anon breaks down the 12 steps for the codependent um, because their lives also have become unmanageable because they have allowed this behavior to continue. And everyone has, I mean, we, we know that it's true that an addiction or an alcoholism, that disease runs rampant in the family. It's, it's a family disease. It affects everybody. So finding groups uh, such as Al-Anon, edu- you know, being educated, finding a therapist to, you know, making sure that you know what kind of boundaries and healthy boundaries you need to set and having that support to be able to set and keep those boundaries. So Holly, after some people might be listening to this and saying, you know what? Yeah, this all sounds great, but I have multi-generations, three, four generations, right? Of this codependent family system is this possible? Can I really break this? Can I really do this and become, you know, and turn my family unit and family system into something that's not codependent? What's your thoughts on that? I don't think you can solely change the family system. I think you can only work on yourself and what is in front of you personally. If you have the will and the desire to work on you and not continuing to go down that path and 
to be sucked into the generational uh, trauma and the generational patterns. Um, it's going to take work, but yes, absolutely it's possible, but you're going to have to put yourself first. I don't think you're going to be able to swoop. I mean, that's a, that, that right there is a codependent behavior. I'm going to change my family and I'm going to heal us all. <laughs> it has, you have to heal your help yourself first and put yourself first. Holly, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.